Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Welcome to another episode of this Commerce Lab by Ecomsi. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, founder and CEO of Ecomsi. And today we bring you another session of questions and answers as, as we do every Tuesday at 5 p.m. GMT time in UK. So thank you everybody for joining uh, for the first time and those that are returning uh, for the show as we do every single week. Um, for all those that are starting to see this session for the first time, I just wanted to clarify these sessions are going to be usually a hybrid approach when it comes to questions and answers. And we're also going to be covering things such as news and new strategies before jumping into the questions. So we, you also can get as much value as possible. When it comes to the question, guys, remember you can send them to our team by email or social media or even myself personally. Usually you will get all these questions from the previous week and then we cover them on, on the session. And then if you also want to cover any specific questions in the live session, you can also drop them into the comments or the live chat in whichever platform you're looking at us right now. We're gonna make sure to get them and also answer them in live for you. Um, also, I would like to remind you all of you that we just dropped a new episode yesterday, Monday. So yesterday we dropped uh, um, an episode that was uh, actually in Spanish. So it might be very interesting for those that um, also know Spanish. I want to learn about how to basically launch into new marketplaces. This one specifically is for Amazon Mexico. We all know that Amazon Mexico in the last couple of, I would say months is becoming very trendy. And we've been speaking more about Mexico, especially also when it comes to sourcing new products and finding solutions to basically finding manufacturer. Um, basically solutions when it comes to going out of China or other countries and bringing the manufacturing closer for those at least selling the Amazon USA. But yeah, it's a very interesting episode. So if you know Spanish, check it out. If not, I'm going to make sure to for sure bring somebody that uh, can cover this topic also in English for you guys. Now, let's get started with the session. So as we started last year, uh, we have basically changed a little bit the structure of the sessions. Usually now I want to start usually the first couple of minutes covering some of the news, things that I think you should be aware of. Uh, new changes in, 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 the, in the Amazon space e-commerce, and then we jump into the questions, as I say, in the beginning, okay? So now the first thing I wanted to point out, uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of you have seen already this uh, coming up, but I still wanna, wanna mention it because maybe some of you haven't realized, but now um, you now can be eligible for what we call premium A, premium A plus content, right? So the premium A plus content basically is an enhanced version of the normal A plus content. Um, and you can get a basically different type of modules that are more larger, have different uh, features and interactions that the customer can have with the with the actual panels within the A plus content. And the way you basically become uh, able to get access to the premium A plus content is that, I mean, the first thing that you need to do, and I have the criteria here in front of me, is that you need to have the uh, basically at least 15 A plus content uh, completed. Uh, for the last uh, 12 months 
Um, and then you basically need to make sure that you have has a brand story across all your ASINs. So if you have this, the brand story across all your ASINs, and you at least have a 15 A plus content across 15 ASINs, then you can be eligible for what we call the Prima A plus content, which I have seen in action. I mean, the extra module that I give is very useful. And I would 100% recommend that, that if you are basically within the criteria I just mentioned, that you apply for it and take advantage of that. So that's the first thing I wanted to cover in terms of a uh, news. The second news I also wanted to cover on this, at least in, in the following marketplace, is going to be in the UK, Germany, France, Spain, Italy, and Netherlands. So um, Amazon now also launched something. Um, basically, they are providing you with an easier solution when it comes to fulfill by merchant uh, returns, right? Uh, solutions around how you can get your units back to you. So now they launched something called the returns provider program which is a rp a abbreviation of the program and basically this is a, an option that if you don't have a domestic a return address in into the marketplaces i just mentioned basically they can connect you with service providers that can basically deal with the returns because uh, we know that returns can sometimes be an admin with all the cross-selling things uh, all the implications when it comes to taxes and all of that and the fees involved so now amazon make it much easier to basically uh, get integrated with a service provider in those countries and deal with that so you should be finding it uh, if you go on your central account and look for a, a page called return provider program and in there you should be able to find all the steps to do the integration okay so next news uh, something else so uh, when it comes to reporting there's also a, those specifically that, that like to have good reporting around your FBA inventory, which that's something you guys must always do when it comes to understanding how is your inventory performance, the levels, uh, and everything across the board. So you make sure you don't go out of store, you understand the health of your account and so on. But now Amazon released something called the inventory ledger report. So this one now basically makes sure that you usually back in the past when it comes to inventory, you need to download multiple reports. Now this report basically puts everything on the same window. So things that you're going to find in the data inventory history, you're going to find monthly inventory history, inventory event detail, inventory adjustment, inventory reconciliation, and receive inventory. So very useful report, especially if you have some internal processes to keep track of your inventory, where your units are and all of that. So yeah, um, uh, take advantage of this new report, okay? The other news I wanted to bring as well when it comes to brand um, analytics, brand analytics is also improving. So for all of you that have brand uh, registered in, um, basically you get access to brand analytics, make sure that uh, you check it out. Um, it, it's gonna become effective now in August. So you should start seeing those changes now. And now the new brand analytics uh, basically page is going to have updated user interface. It's going to have a different column pickers, a metric glossary, and other uh, different metrics that now are much more easier to to basically play around and understand the data. I mean, jump, jump into brand analytics and you're going to see the difference. Uh, I just wanted to point that out in case you haven't checked brand analytics in the last couple of days, because this become effective in August. And um, check out the new dashboard. Um, let me know what you think in the comments, yeah? Uh, and let's see, I think other than that, I wanted to point out also, guys, remember that, for example, here in the Amazon UK, and I can see that across some of our clients already, you can already start uploading, for example, promotions for what we call the Fire Prime, 
fall Prime Day event. So we all know that that is rumored to be the the second Prime Day event. So check out that by going to basically advertising. You're gonna go to Prime exclusive discounts. Um, if you go there, you should uh, see a message, for example, in, in the screen I'm looking right here, I can already see a message that say, you can now submit a full Prime Day event discount, okay? So if you can see that, uh, take advantage of that because that most likely is what they're referring internally. Uh, I mean, that's all the speculation to the second Prime Day, which they haven't released dates in terms of when it's going live. Uh, and I think other than that, the other thing that, um, it would be nice for you guys to know is that also there is um, something called the end of summer um, end of summer sales event so this one is basically they, they do amazon does every day is usually towards the end of um, the summer they do this promotion window usually it happens towards the end of uh, august beginning of september so if you also want to put your promotion uh, for that uh, I'm not 100% the end of summer is open uh, uh, anymore. But yes, I mean, when it comes to um, the windows, uh, usually for those that are interested into, into this new um, end of summer event, it's going to be happening towards the end of August, beginning of September, at least among most of the European marketplaces. Okay. And I think, let me see if I have anything else. As you guys can see, I came prepared today. A lot of uh, news. I told you I want to start doing this more often. I think this add a lot of value. So it's good. So we can all stay updated on the last things on, on the Amazon space. Yes, the last thing I wanted to mention is that uh, I know this is actually something not that new. It actually came into effect around June, towards the end of June, the product Opportunity Explorer. But the reason why I bring this to the table is because I have seen so many of the people I talk on a daily basis and clients and when we do audits and we ask if they actually use this to keep expanding their brand and things like that, they don't use the Product Opportunity Explorer. So check out your Product Opportunity Explorer. This one at the moment, uh, to my understanding, is just available in, in the United States. So basically, um, when it comes to using this tool uh, you for sure can use it just in the states if, if you have brand register but still it's very powerful because if you have specific niche and you're run and you want to explore a uh, basically product performing world or uh, they have potential amazon gives you all those metrics uh, from and even give you the top search terms and you can then do further digging with software tools and things like that Give it a try. I mean, sometimes we have found clients in the States that they were struggling in terms of coming up with new products. We basically analyze the niche further, use the product opportunity explorer, and I was starting to discover ideas that they have found that actually make sense to add to the lineup. So take advantage of that, okay? And I think just to clarify, that I was looking at my, at my notes here. Uh, so actually, the what I was mentioning um, when it comes to um, submitting your... Um, basically your ASINs for the uh, fall, um, fall Prime Day event. So as you can see, you can already start submitting them, but also you can uh, still submit them uh, for the end of summer. Uh, so I'll just double check now here and you can still do it. So yeah, you can submit for both end of summer and fall Prime Day event. When it comes to the dates, I don't have the exact dates in front of me, but I'm going to make sure to drop them into the comments. So if you, or if you want me to send them to you directly, just send me a message and I can send you the dates in terms of deadlines and things like that. Okay. 
Awesome. So I think that's everything when it comes to news. I hope you guys find it very useful. So now let's jump into the questions, right? The questions we've been receiving for the last week. So now let's bring the first question to the table. And so the first question uh, will be the following. How do I create a variation under a listing that doesn't allow variations? So yeah, I think uh, the issue you're referring is that maybe you create the listing uh, without variations and then you went to edit the listing and you went to the variation tab and say this one doesn't have variation or doesn't allow it. But actually, uh, if the the reality is the reason why it says that is because you create it without variations in the first place. It's not that it's not going to allow you to add variations. So the way around this, usually the quickest way to add basically further variations into a parent listing, I will create the second variation that you want to uh, basically link to this initial variation as a standalone listing. Once you create this second listing, then what you want to do is create a third listing and the third listing will be the parent listing. And within this third listing, which is a parent listing, when you're creating the listing and you're selecting the category, you're going to then go to the variation section. And in the variation section in there, you want to make sure that then you basically uh, add the ASINs of the two initial listings, the first one you had in the first place, and the second variation you need to create. And those two are going to be then be linked together in the third listing because the third listing is going to behave as a parent listing. So in there, you define the variation. It can be size, it can be color, whatever is the, the variation that you want to add. And then from there, you create the listing and it goes live. And usually, it links those two variations under one parent listing. OK? Uh, Awesome. So let's see the next question. What advice do you recommend to differentiate a product? Yeah, I mean, differentiate a product is 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 a daily dilemma, right? For an Amazon seller, it's always the most difficult thing when it comes to making sure you can stand out from the crowd and really bring a unique offering into the space. But I would say the number one thing that you want to do when it comes to differentiating a product is first understanding a need that hasn't been covering your specific niche, right? So the number one thing that I know you may already have heard is that analyze what people is complaining about. So analyze the reviews of your competition, analyze what people is complaining. Maybe they complain that it's coming without a bag, they're complaining that's coming without this accessory, they're complaining nobody sell this color, this material, etc. Try to grab all these pieces among your competition and try to come up with a proposition that nobody is offering in the market and also that is difficult to copy. So why do I say difficult to copy? Because if you find the solution very easily by just going to Alibaba and as soon as you put the keywords you find the solution on the first page, it might mean that you're already late, right? Because remember, if people are already putting the product on Alibaba, you see multiple suppliers already showcasing the product multiple times. It means already there is they are seeing a demand among the suppliers of people reaching out to do this kind of product, and they started to put it, the product there. Another red flag might be you even see on the titles bestseller Amazon product or trending products, things like that. I mean, if you find the product very easily by go to Alibaba. That's a red flag. It means there's already demand in terms of suppliers knowing people is reaching out and people is already talking about this potential product. It's, it's a matter of time until it becomes saturated. It's a matter of time until those initial boxes and shipments that people bought uh, from those suppliers reach Amazon. And then you go from having two competitors to within 30 days, you find yourself with 30 competitors. So keep, stay away from that. So I think in essence to differentiate, make sure you 
fill a gap in the market, but also focus on the customer experience. I mean, focus on what the customer gets besides the product. Do they actually get something in terms of an experience when they open the box in terms of a branding experience? Do they get access to, to exclusive access uh, digital material? Do they get a special treat when it comes to warranty? Um, do they get access to specific um, specific perks, specific clubs, events? I mean, there's so many things you can brainstorm. And I think for sure, it's just all a matter of making sure that it's all combined in a very nice branding. But yes, try to stay away from all those products that you can easily just find and then go to, to Alibaba and find them, guys, because it's a matter of time, it becomes saturated. And then there is no way you can escape those. I think the best type of products are the products that usually you find from multiple manufacturers and then you put them together and therefore you, you stay away from people that can easily copy that, right? Awesome. So let's see which other question uh, we've got in here. Do you think the low conversion rate affects the organic ranking? Yes. I mean, if you start generating sales and you start basically advertising a product, right? Um, um, you start running ads uh, and basically you, you start running your advertisement campaigns and you start generating clicks, 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 traffic and so on, and nobody converts. So over time, you start attributing a negative, what we call basically score to your listing. And this is what is going to basically generate is that first of all, it's going to give a bad signal to Amazon that you're not converting your main keywords. That is going to make it more difficult for you to then start a basically generating impressions in what we call your Amazon PPC campaigns. And then that is going to generate a down, downward spiral, right? So it's actually very funny. I remember Casey used to call this as part of that. So if you start then lowering um, your conversions, you start putting even more money into PPC, you start even making your conversions worse and you're basically the history of your product worse. And then it's very difficult to, to, to save it. So I will say that if you start advertising, guys, I mean, at the beginning, for sure, your conversion is going to be low and that's normal. I mean, don't worry at the beginning having low conversions affect your organic ranking because you don't even have an organic ranking, right? But as you start transitioning, if you get in some positioning and, and you start already being into advertising one and two months and you see that conversion doesn't improve, then there is definitely some issue on the foundation of the product. You need to understand maybe you got the pricing wrong, you got the images wrong, you got the copy wrong, you got the offer wrong, right? So focus on fixing those things. And then if the conversion still doesn't improve, guys, unfortunately, if you're making sure that you're targeting the right keywords and still nothing is improving, there's definitely a foundation issue when it comes to, to basically the offering. I mean, nobody is really interested into the, the product you're offering and bringing to the market. Um, and yes, there's nothing you can do there. So I would say take care of the conversion. I mean, it's normal to be low at the beginning. But in the long time, if it becomes and stays low, definitely that's going to fade your, your stickiness to when it comes to organic ranking. Okay. Awesome. So let's see which other question we, we got in here. Uh, okay. How to find more reviews. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to reviews, to be honest, guys, the easiest way if you have brand racer, I would say use the Vine program. That's the number one thing. The second thing I would recommend you to do, guys, is make sure you take advantage of um, 
they basically request and reviews automatization. You can use software tools for that to basically request and reviews to your clients. Uh, and then just provide a, a very good product and very good experience. I mean, when it comes to reviews, uh, I mean, you know, guys, I never would recommend anything that's black hat, everything within the books and, and Amazon space when it comes allowed by Amazon, those are the things that you can do. Also the Amazon buying program, request reviews with automated uh, emails that Amazon allows you to send once to your customers and just provide a very nice experience. And then, I mean, if you wanna even enhance it further, you can experiment with insert cards. You can experiment with, you know, added value there and, and hope that people really feel, you know, like they're feeling the need to really share their experience, you know, like they, they really are happy to share their the the outcome that they got of the product. So if you really focus on those things, reviews are going to come by itself, okay? Great. So let's see... Uh, which other questions we're going to hear. What is your opinion on bit modifiers? So yeah, bit modifiers, for those that don't know, is basically um, something that usually you do to optimize the placements, right? So what do I mean by placement? You usually can modify top of the placement, um, and basically you can then mod modify also a product pages results, right? And rest of the search, which you can't. Now, why bit modifiers is useful? Because Let's say you start, and, and this comes all down to what I usually always preach over and over again, guys. Keyword segmentation is super important. If you don't make sure your keywords are well segmented and divided correctly among, uh, among your all your basically type of, of understanding the search volume of your products, understanding the relevancy of your search volume, and then divide that correctly among multiple campaigns, what is going to end up happening is that they're going to compete between them. Most likely, if you put 10, 15 keywords among a campaign, just a few are going to perform. So why do I mention this and going back to be modified? Because if you have, usually the, the more ideal scenario is having three keywords max in a campaign. But then let's say within those three keywords, you identify a winner keyword and you move that keyword by itself on a single campaign, then bid modifier is very powerful. Because then if you have a single keyword on a single campaign, then you have basically the placement reporting and it, then it can tell you if you perform better top placement or a product pages. And then based on that, you can apply the bid modifier because you may find that your product perform much better top placement the product pages, and you may actually bid higher on those placements. Usually you can start with 20%, 30% bid modifier on top placement, and then you can play around. I mean, as long as the, uh, the metrics and the results uh, are paying back in terms of the performance that you need, keep raising it. But I think that's the part of bid modifiers that you can make sure that the budget is used efficiently among the placement that based on history and data are performing better for your product. So yeah. I will always use, I mean, we actually use bit modifiers. The only way you can make sure that you're being as, as efficient as possible when it comes to uh, using your budget. Next question, how do you recommend setting on brand defensive campaigns? So yeah, brand defensive campaigns, usually uh, what it means in essence is that, let's say you have multiple ASINs, what you wanna do is that, this usually applies, for example, with uh, clients that they have, for example, so, let's say supplements, right? They have multiple supplements, different sizes, different pres presentations. Um, and then what you want to do is protect the placements, right? From other competition to go under your listing and basically advertise under that, right? So how you do? how do you do that? So let's say you have your hero product 
you know, you hear products, they want to bring in, uh, it's like the 80-20 rule, guys. Usually on an Amazon account, you're going to find that usually 20-30% of the ASINs bring the 80% of the revenue, right? So once you identify your top winner uh, ASINs, you want to make sure that the ones that are not performing that well actually become your uh, ASINs to then target your own hero products and defend your hero product and at the same time use the traffic from your hero products to basically spread some sales among the ASINs that are not selling that well in the first place. Then you create a halo effect. You keep people within your ecosystem. You keep people within your brand. So how do you do that? So the way do you do that is very simple. You do product targeting campaign. That's one of them. Basically, you target your own ASINs with product targeting. So you can choose the other ASINs that are not selling that well and target your hero products and make sure you basically take as many placements within the product details page of your product as possible. So then other competition cannot take those placements. Then if you want to go even further, you can also do a sponsor display product targeting. So you can also take the sponsor display placements within your listing and defend your brand in there. And then you can also do brand uh, branded keywords uh, targeting right so if, let's say you're selling a water bottle you're going to use the brand name the water bottle keyword and then you can have ramification different basically iterations of this keyword and then you define your main keywords where the brand is being used and you can even find this with a search query report to understand how people find you so if you see people using specific keyword with the brand you're going to defend those keywords and then do exact match campaign on those keywords top placement so you defend those placements and avoid Basically, people looking for your brand, ideally to then click on another brand and for some reason losing that sale. So that's, in essence, what is the brand uh, defensive campaigns. But yes, usually this applies more when your brand is already on, on, on a more mature phase and you have multiple ASINs. Usually, if you have one, two ASINs, this really doesn't apply to you because in the first place, you don't even have enough ASINs to do the pro targeting. You might do the keyword targeting one, defend your brand names. But again, if you're in the early stages, most likely nobody's looking for your brand name. Okay. Awesome. Let's see which other question do we have in here. Um let's see. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Okay, great. This is the next question. How can I see how my competitors convert on the main keywords? Yeah, the way you can find these, I mean, there is two ways you can find how your competitor convert in the main keywords. The first one, uh, I mean, first you can find what are the keywords that bring the most sales to your products, right? So you can do Cerebro, you can analyze the top 10 ASINs if you're using Helium 10, you export it to Cerebro. And then you can use, for example, the new filters that the team just added, which is top keywords. Simple click, it tells you the top keywords. Basically, what it does, it filters the keywords based on relevancy and making sure they're consistent across your competition and they have a respectable search volume. And based on that, you know those are the keywords generating the most sales. Now, that doesn't tell you how they're converting, right? You want to understand what is the conversion rate, what is the dominance in keywords. So that's where brand analytics is super powerful because in brand analytics, what you can do, you can find basically the, uh, the keywords that you want to understand how your competition is doing, you can then find what are the top three sellers on those keywords. And then they even tell you how much control they have on their queue in terms of market share. And why that is important, because you may find that if the top three sellers control the 60, 70% of the market, that means that sometimes it's not even worth it fighting for that keyword, because even in an ideal scenario, you're fighting for the remaining 30% of that keyword. 
and if there is other competition and the cost per click is high, ideally you're fighting for nothing. So then that's also very good to find out keywords that there is not a monopoly when it comes to just two, three keywords controlling those keywords. And you want to target those where you're going to have a bigger chance of success when it comes to conversions, when it comes to traffic, and eventually that's, it should convert to sales if you have everything in place in terms of the offering, pricing, and so on. Okay. Awesome. So I think that's the last question of the day. I mean, that was a very good session. I think we covered a lot of things. We covered very interesting, good questions today. And we also did a, the a section of the news and, and discussing basically some things you should be taking in consideration um, and the deals and all of that. And yeah, I think, to be honest, I'm very excited with this new dynamic the show is taking because I feel now, I mean, as I said, this is going to keep evolving. If I find other ideas, you might see me in the street doing this. <laughs> This episodes or bringing some kind of extra thing to the format but for now i think this is a perfect a good balance like a mixture between news covering things in the space then we cover questions and answers and then if even sometimes i want to give you guys this uh, space if you have specific product uh, that you want me to audit i think that would be also very interesting if you're hearing this right now you want me to do a full audit in live we'll be more than happy so you put your asin in there i share my screen I do an analysis of the listing uh, and give you some tips. And I think that also gonna give value to you and to our audience. So it's a win-win situation, right? Awesome. So thank you very much for everybody that's watching live. I appreciate all of you and the support. I mean, to be honest, we've been growing very fast for the last couple of weeks. Uh, and you, you can see the amount, uh, basically the support we've been getting across our channels and social media. So thank you very much for that. Uh, but yes, I mean, if you really like these sessions and you like other people for Discord, so feel free to like, share, and subscribe. Um, yes, remember, all this is recorded. So if you are just jumping in late, don't worry. I'm going to make sure this stays live. And um, also, it's going to be launching audio versions. So if you're driving and you want to hear me, that's what's an option. So thank you very much for everybody. I wish you an amazing week ahead. If now it's August, so most likely some of you are traveling. Have an amazing summer break and see you next week. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the e commerce lab by ecomc. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.